Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of fat embolus syndrome found under the pulmonary section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 40-year-old woman presents to the emergency room after a liposuction procedure done two days ago. She is dyspneic and found to be hypoxemic. She has difficulty speaking but notes that the shortness of breath came on suddenly. She then becomes confused and disoriented to place and time. She develops weakness on the right arm that resolves after a few hours. There are no petechial rash seen. Let's continue with an introduction to fat embolus syndrome. Fat embolus syndrome results from fat emboli often associated with long bone fractures. This occurs around one to three days after the instigating event. The classic triad includes hypoxemia, neurological abnormalities, and a petechial rash, which is present in only 20 to 50% of cases. In terms of the pathogenesis, this is not completely elucidated, but globules of fat escape the bone marrow-rich areas, such as in the long bones and pelvis, after trauma. These are then transferred to the arterial circulation, either through a patent foramenal valley, or if the emboli are small enough, they can pass from the venous to arterial circulation through the lungs. Conditions that are associated include trauma, long bone fractures, pelvic fractures, liposuction, and CPR. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include acute shortness of breath due to occlusion of pulmonary vessels, petechiae in the neck, chest, and axilla due to occlusion of the dermal capillaries by fat emboli, and this resolves in five to seven days, and an altered mental status due to occlusion of neurological vessels, which may also present with confusion, seizures, focal deficits, but this is typically fully reversible. In terms of further imaging, chest radiography is typically normal, and an MRI may demonstrate a high-intensity T2 signal, which indicates neurologic impairment. In terms of further studies, biopsy may be performed if the clinical diagnosis is unclear. The differential diagnosis includes ARDS and acute lung injury. In terms of the diagnosis, this usually occurs with clinical history and exam. With regards to treatment, first-line options include supportive care, and corticosteroids may be beneficial in life-threatening cases, but there is limited evidence for this. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, most patients recover without any sequelae. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to fat embolus syndrome, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 24-year-old male was in a motor vehicle accident that caused him to fracture his femur and pelvis. After two days in the hospital, the patient becomes delirious, tachypnic, and has a petechial rash that was found in his upper extremities. Which of the following is most likely responsible for this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Thrombotic clot in the pulmonary artery Choice 2. Fat microglobules in the microvasculature Choice 3. Type 1 and type 2 pneumocyte damage due to neutrophils Choice 4. Aspiration of oropharyngeal contents Or Choice 5. Alveolar foamy exudates with disc-shaped cysts seen with methanamine silver stain The best answer to this question is choice 2, 
fat microglobules in the microvasculature. This patient's neurologic findings, petechiae, and pulmonary insufficiency strongly suggest fat embolism syndrome. Microglobules of fat in the vasculature can lead to obstruction in places like the brain and lungs. FES is most associated with traumatic fracture of the pelvis and long bones, such as a femur. This injury leads to microglobules of fat from the marrow-containing bone to enter the venous circulation. When there is microvascular obstruction, ischemia and inflammation ensues, leading to petechiae formation, respiratory perfusion defects, and neurologic abnormalities. Platelet aggregation is triggered, which is exacerbated by toxic endothelial damage secondary to fatty acid release from the fat microglobule. FES typically presents 24 to 72 hours post-injury, with signs and symptoms in less than 10% of cases. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. This describes a pulmonary thromboembolism, the majority of which come from a deep vein thrombosis in the lower extremities. Choice 3. This describes acute respiratory distress syndrome. ARDS may result from FES. However, it does not explain both the neurologic and dermatologic findings. Choice 4. Aspiration of oropharyngeal contents can lead to pneumonia. This does not explain both the neurologic and dermatologic findings. Choice 5. This describes pulmonary disease secondary to pneumocystis gerovechi. Pneumocystis pneumonia can occur in immunosuppressed individuals, such as an AIDS patient. That's all for this review about fat embolus syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast. Thank <laughs> you.